So this is documentary series on Netflix called Untold. Most of the episodes have been real nice. Um, the, the latest one, Crime and Penalties, was fantastic. Uh, check that out when you get some time. But being that it's Flashback Friday, I'm in that little bit of a mode, and I'm a hoops head. I want to break down the Malice at the Palace episode because there, there's just so much about that moment that I remember without the documentary flavoring on it. Um, so I have one of my South Shirai family members, Headley, hop on it as we break down the Malice at the Palace episode. But we also throw our own memories on how we personally experienced quite possibly the, the craziest sports moment in the history of sports. We throw that into the pot. Plus, we discuss fan privilege. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal as a scapegoat. We share our thoughts on Ron Artest. And if he was, you know, if he was low-key right for running in the stands. Shh, don't, don't, don't say that too loud. And, you know, requesting a trade post-suspension. Uh, the understanding of, of media portrayal and so much more. We pack it all in as much as we can within the hour for you. So please enjoy. And you should enjoy it, damn it. Uh, South Shabbat is available wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit the like button, the favorite button. Click on every point of the five stars for that support. And then do it again just because. Uh, this year has been crazy. You know, so much surrounding us right now with everything COVID related. Uh, the climate being out of control all over the world. It's just been really crazy times it's it's partly depressing if not mostly depressing um i just wanted to slide in and give you a healthy distraction to take you into the long weekend a new episode of my story will be out very soon i'm gonna have details of that at the end of the podcast so sit back relax and let us take you back to a time when running up in the stands was a thing it's the Av podcast of cal c on south sharaf radio shh Ron's coming, yo. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Cal C on South Sharav Radio. Welcome to the Av Podcast. I'm here to discuss the untold documentary of the Malice at the Palace. But, you know, I have my guest here, South Sharav family member Headley with me. How you doing today, sir? Good, sir. I'm doing good. There's a reason why I wanted you to specifically be on this, but I, I you know, just to start things off, I, I kind of want to, I want you to share your initial thoughts about, forget the documentary. I just want you to share your initial thoughts on the, on the malice at the palace from when you're watching it. And the reason why I like, I specifically wanted to get you on, on, on this show, I guess to kind of lead things off just a little bit is because there was a time, especially when you were living in Washington, I've, you know, I've been in Toronto for a while, but when you were living in Washington, you were of a select few of people that I will call every time there would be like a big game, a big play, somebody got dunked on, whatever the, the, the scenario is, big case scenario. I mean, nowadays you have the chat group, so you hit, you hit your group chat up like, yo, did you see such and such? But, you know, back in those days, that was a phone call, right? True, true. So, yeah, so so there's a reason why. But, like, I want you to share your, your initial thoughts and forget the documentary for a second, but just on that whole scenario when you're watching it. Yo, I, I, as you said, I, um, I remember distinctly I was watching it, chilling at home um, in D.C. And, first of all, this happened, like, right towards the end of, this, end of the game. And I was in complete... I was completely shocked. I couldn't believe what was transpiring in front of me. I almost felt like I was watching one of those um, those old reels of the NBA in the 1970s <laughs> with Rudy Tomshanovic getting destroyed. Like it, it just felt surreal seeing this happening like live on my TV. Like I was like, this this can't be happening right now. I, I was I was shocked. I was I was shell shocked. I I couldn't believe what was going on, like straight up. It's you know what I mean. We're all used to it, but it's still it's still very shocking when you watch it. You know what I mean? It's still very shocking when you when you. Yeah, even even watching the the rerun of it, it's crazy how so much of that game or that brawl it's still vivid in my head. <laughs> like every every almost like every frame of that. I, I remember experiencing it, and and explicitly that 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 slide along slip and slide punch 
Oh, by Shemaine O'Neal. <laughs> I remember watching this and be like, yo, this this can't be happening right now. Like, Detroit must be going to buzz. Because I, 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 well, you know, I guess I'm kind of spoiling, but I missed the game. But did that, when you saw that punch, did you see that punch live as it was happening or was it like a replay you saw? Dude, I was watching it live this game. No, no, I know, no, but I'm saying with that, that punch, was that punch specifically live? Like, did you see that live when it was happening or did you see like a replay of the punch? At the time, I mean, while you're watching, uh, you know what? Honestly, I I I can't recall okay. if 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 I saw the like the live frame of it, yeah, or if they you know if they often, if they caught it and then then played it like seconds later or whatever. Mm-hmm. All I know, I was like, I I I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then even when the when they're going out the the tunnel, mm-hmm. and especially like as bad as it was when Ron Test went out, like when Jermaine O'Neal went out, like. You know, I was like, yo, these guys are gonna get injured. Like, this is this is no joke. Like, somebody, somebody's going to jail. Yeah, I think that the lasting image for me when I think of the obviously, you think there's so much scenes you think about, but that's one of the lasting images I see. I always remember is Jermaine O'Neal when he was walking back to the tunnel and everybody's carrying oh, out, and it was like every whatever people had in their hands, whether it was lint, car keys. Popcorn, beer, whatever you can pick up was just being t- tossed on his head, tossed right in his cornrows. I, I, I never forgot that. Like that, that, that will last for me forever when I watch that. That um, anytime I think of the Malice of the Palace. Yeah, I think I think of that 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 slide and punch. I think about when he went through the tunnel, and I, and I only think about when when Ron Artest went into the stands, but when when Steven Jackson clocked the guy, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is. This is really happening. Like this is crazy. The honestly, that, that that had to be like one of those one of those moments where, as you said, you're watching a basketball game, a melee breaks out. You're kind of just like, oh, whatever. But I can't imagine the, the like the surreal moment of watching like them fist fight fans on TV. Like that's that's one of the things that, you know as a basketball fan, I can't say I regret. But, you, know, you can't watch all all these games, but. Like that's the one thing where you're like that had to be so surreal in that moment watching that as it was happening on your TV. Like, yo, is this? Did like Grand Theft Auto break out? Like, what? What's going no, on dude, here? It, it was like, like it was, it was, it was, like it was your, shocking. Your brain I, like, must it, have it shocked my system. I was like, what, what is, what is going on right now? Your brain must have exploded. And it, it, especially when you think about, you know, basketball fights. You know, these guys are always throwing hammers and missing everybody completely all the time. Mm-hmm. And to just see them like connecting fists and it's against fans, I'm like, yo, I, I I'm watching this is like the suspension that's gonna be left and right after this stuff is gonna be legendary, and, and it ended up being it ended up was right, but I was like, this is this is crazy. So for me, it's this is it's a it's a unique day that I that I won't forget for quite a few reasons. Um, you know, there's always points in life, but it's not really because of the basketball game. It's just a whole bunch of things that led up to it, I guess, right? Um, so I used to work at this um, this travel agency around, during that time, and that day my niece was born, right? So my niece, oh, cool. yeah, my niece was born that day. Um, I won't mention the name on this, but my sister in law was going into labor, so I was like, okay, shoot, like, all right, you know, let me know the news, da 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 da. Go to work. Um, I ended up having lunch with uh, one of my coworkers. You know, I, I ended up, you know, after like, I, like I think I, did, I didn't leave early, but I left like whatever time, four, four thirty, whatever it was. So I, I had lunch with my coworker, and it's the first time I realized, hmm, this girl's not bad. She's kind of cute. Ended up being someone that messed with for a while. We ended up dating. Ended up being completely disastrous, and it was one of those situations where that might be not so much his own documentary, but its own like limited series. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't even we won't even get into that. That's his own mini series. That's his own thirty for thirty. Um, yeah. So so I ended up uh, taking the subway, going to uh, the hospital. You know, kicking it, meeting my new niece. You know what I mean? Kicking her for a while, and then I'm like, oh shit! Like, you know, I I, I look at the time. I'm like, yo, I got it. I got to bounce because there was this big, huge party that was going on. That you know, everybody was getting ready for and it wasn't a long weekend or anything like that but it was just a major i forgot which party it was um it might have been the um the black affair might have been the black affair right especially back then right so yeah, i had yeah. to go home and you know them days like 
you wearing hard bottoms and slacks and shit. So like, it ain't just you throwing on some <laughs> jeans. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I have to go home, iron my stuff, hop in my hoopty. You know what I mean? I, I get, I get to the spot. We're partying and stuff, and all I remember is my pocket would not stop vibrating, like around I'm, ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Oh my god! And that's a, that's the thing. So it was, it was you. And that's why I said in the beginning of the, of the story where, like, you were one of those people that would call when, or we would call each other when big things would happen in the game or whatever, right? And my phone, and not just with you, but uh, my phone would not stop, wouldn't stop ringing to the point where it's like if you're, you pull out your phone, sorry, to get a number, you, as soon as you start dialing, you see, like, <laughs> you're like, yo, what the f-? Like, it was like that. I'm like, yo, what the hell is going on here, right? I'm like, something must be happening, right? Something must be happening. And I remember one of my friends, uh, you, were one of, you were definitely one of those people that, that were hitting me up. But I remember one of my friends was, well, he texted me. I couldn't, I think I called him. Or sorry, I answered his call, but he couldn't hear me because obviously I'm on the party. So I think he texted me back like, yo, we're on our test, fought fans. I'm just like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> our test is crazy. You know what I mean? So I didn't even think about it. You, know, <laughs> enjoy you, didn't, you didn't know what was in store. Nah, nah. Right. So I'm just like, you know, whatever. You're getting it in, doing the party, whatever. Um, and at the time, you know, we had a mutual friend that, you know, that we was tight with at the time. We ain't tight, you know, like, you know, we ain't tight with him no more, but we had a mutual friend that we used to roll with. Um, and, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll cut his name out after. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this guy really dropped it. <laughs> so I remember I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I think I crashed, I was, I crashed by a spot that night. So it was like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll meet up at your spot or whatever. So I remember we got back to the spot. I'm like, yo, I keep hearing this this thing with our test. So we're just like, ah, whatever, you know? Get back to the spot, put on the TV, and I'm like, all right, let me see this thing. First thing I remember is they didn't even show the highlights of the game. Like, the game was, like, <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> the, the game was irrelevant. Like, that's the first. And, you, and you know, in Canada especially, when they're leading off in the, in the middle of, like, the fall or the winter with a basketball highlight and it's not yeah, the Raptors, yeah, you know, you yeah. know something <laughs> happens. So I'm like, oh, shit, this is the first thing they're showing. I'm like, damn, okay. And they did, they did not even show, like, the first quarter. They didn't show no, no, no pick and rolls, nothing. They, they went right, they went, right, they right went, down to the final two minutes. They went right to the Artest file, right onto the the Artest file on, um, on, uh, on Ben Wallace. And then, uh, and then the whole melee ensued. So I'm like, oh, shit, okay, what, what happened here? So when we saw Artest run into the stands and we saw uh, Steven Jackson throwing haymakers, <laughs> dude, it's, it's like like all time stood still. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what the hell? Like, honestly, we didn't even, I remember we, we just sat there. We didn't say nothing. We, we just like, I think half that, the show, just like, I was just so shocked. Yeah, you know? I, like, I was like, I was running, trying to, I was on, I was trying to talk to somebody about this. I was like, you see this? Are you watching this? <laughs> Mayhem. But you know, when the show is like a 30 minute show, whatever, like, we actually, I still remember we were like dead silent, and then the, it looped to like the, the next half hour, and we watched it again. Because we were just like, I, I'm like, whoa, I don't even know what I just watched. I'm like, I need to like, and then it's like it sank in the second time, but I'm just like, yo, wh- I, just like you, I'm like, yo, I, I don't know what these these fines or suspensions going to be like, but it's going to be astronomical. Oh. I'm like, oh my yeah, gosh, because you know Stern. Record breaking. Oh, because Stern was. I mean, first of all, I mean it was an unprecedented situation, and then Stern at that time was really feeling himself. Yeah. So he, he, he was a heavy hand. Oh my god! So so that right away, like honestly, it was it was by far the most, I would say, the most shocking and fascinating spectacle I've ever seen in sports. Out, out honestly, outside of the the only thing that I would match with that Headley was. I remember being in New York watching um, the the Mike Tyson Holyfield fight when he, when he bit it, uh, Holyfield's ear. Oh, <laughs> like that was equally nuts, right? But at least that's between two fighters, you know what I mean. But at the same time, it's like that's the only thing I can I can can equate to the two of it. Like it was just I I to, even to this day watching it, I'm like, I don't think there'll ever be anything like that again because all sports Yo, are covered. Yeah. Now 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 if you if you stare at somebody too tough at the dunk. You're getting teed up. Oh, absolutely! Like, <laughs> there's no way you're gonna see something like that. Mind you, you know you see the stuff with Westbrook and and other fans mm-hmm. getting too close and getting disrespectful. But as much as the guys will mouth off, you can tell like, you know, they'll be like, they'll they'll, they'll be calling up the refs and, and the security. Oh, get this guy out! Like they're not mm-hmm. even they're, they're not looking to ever 
cross that line. I feel, I, 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 know feel, Westbrook, I feel like Westbrook might do it one day. <laughs> I, I, I know Westbrook, yeah, but you know what? I think it's more, I don't know, more more theatrical than anything else. I don't think he would actually go in the stands and do that. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Palace was what, how many years ago? Like 20 years ago now. Or close to it, and, yeah. And, and people still, to this day, I mean, we talk about it. Like, there's a documentary on it. Like, so even some of these kids who weren't in the league, they know, they know about it. You know, I mean, they know they can't do nothing like that. Yeah. Not as a- much as Silver, Silver doesn't, you know, he's not a heavy hand like Stern, but yeah, you know, you, no one would try to dare try to go back in the stands like that. No, I don't think so. Not, not, not. At the, and honestly, there's too much security and stuff nowadays. Yeah, exactly. The moment yeah. that happens, I think like somebody's already on the case. You know what I mean? Getting the fan out of there. So exactly, exactly. Now, what, what were your takeaways from watching the documentary? Now, now we can get into that a little bit. Well, it's crazy. I I didn't realize uh, Jermaine O'Neal and Ron Artest were at such odds, like over the years. Yo, that was that was of one of the biggest things that. Yo, I, was, I forgot or I just didn't know, but I I, I was actually I, kind of floored by that. Me too. I, I I honestly didn't know that. I didn't know the backstory, how they almost fought in the back. I I, I do remember repeated how how Ron Artest. I don't know, maybe Stephen Jackson had said in an interview, but how he he was in the back and he actually said, "Do you think we're gonna get in trouble for this?" I do. I do recall. <laughs> I do recall Ron Artest. Say that I don't know how I heard about that and laughed. Yeah, I laughed the same way. I laughed the same way the first time I heard it, like I did again when I was watching the documentary. <laughs> but I didn't realize that Jermaine O'Neal tried to rush him after that. Yo, but you know what was funny though when you watch when you watch the doc when he when they tell that story and you look at Jermaine O'Neal's face. Yo, he, like, he looks heated still to this day. <laughs> to this day, he still looks heated. Yo, yo, he admits to it. He's like, yo, when he wants. You could tell that I, I didn't realize how much that really did affect his career, right? When mm-hmm. it comes to Jermaine O'Neal, because yeah, they were they were in the cusp of something great. You know what I mean? You never know, like with with Jermaine O'Neal, potentially. Let's just say that he 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 won one for Indiana, right? That Reggie was never able to do, and he gets the Finals MVP. He's he's revered in a different light now. Yeah, completely. you know. Completely different light, and then for him to say that, like he he still felt a way even when when Artest won like won it with the Lakers like years later, it show, it really shows how how deep that hatred was, man. It's funny because I heard he's been doing the rounds right, like it, with the media and stuff with, with this documentary the last few weeks or what have you, and he, like now he's like, you know what, like you know they kind of squared it off, but he's like, you know, with with mental health and stuff now, he's like, you know, he, he didn't. You know, back then, it's like you knew what was going on, especially with the fact that he had a psychiatrist with him everywhere he went. But, yeah, you know, you never realized the ramifications of it until, like, later. Now you understand. You get older, you know what I mean? You understand those, yeah, those situations. Yeah, and now you're like, oh, shit. Like, yo, this guy, you know, was really wasn't, he wasn't, really wasn't right. You know, he really wasn't right. But, yeah, I, I didn't realize the tension was that, was that, was that bad. Like, and, and, yo, and, go ahead. No, I was going to say the other part I remember hearing too, and this wasn't part of the documentary because there was like, I feel like the documentary could have been a little, maybe like at least a half hour longer. I felt like it was a little yeah. too short. You know what I mean? I, 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 I felt like I could have watched a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I know one of the things they left out, well, at least it wasn't part of the doc was, I think they had said afterwards that, that Artes and, and, and the, the fan, John Green, that, that threw the beer on them, they became friends. And I heard, and, yeah. I, and I heard that set that set Jermaine only off even more. Uh, did they become friends, or did they kind of like square it off? Like they squared off or whatever. I don't know yeah, if they exactly. became like you know like sitting yeah, in each other's yeah. house, but you know the fact. I think he said the fact that they even he even like Artes even met up with him and they had like a friendly chat. I think it's like they said it set Jermaine only off even more. That I yeah, do remember. I, I didn't. I didn't. I, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. As I said, I didn't realize the whole Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artes beef that spirit over the years i didn't realize that jermaine O'Neal, it, you know was all teed off because of that did you know that ben wallace's brother died that same day i do remember not at the time but i do remember hearing that yeah he, he or he died like that week or something right like i didn't you know but 
I didn't realize. No, but they said he died that day. Oh, was it that day? I can't remember. Isn't it what they said in the documentary that he had said that his brother it was, just it was, died? He just died. So I think he died that week or a few days ago or, you know, or maybe the day before or something like that. It was really recent. Like, obviously, it was super recent. Because all the, because you know what? I, don't, I can't remember if that's something maybe I heard afterwards or not, but I remember watching it and be like, yo, Ben really did overreact on that, on that foul. Like, I mean, it was a hard foul, but how he came back at him so hard, I was like, I mean, the game was kind of testy, you know, mm-hmm. throughout, but I was like, I felt like he came hard at him. But I didn't realize Jamal Tinsley said to run a test, you, got, <laughs> you could follow him now. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> then, so, then, you have to, then you have to realize, wasn't it Jamal Tinsley the one that, that got in the beef at the club? Where they all had it, they all had to like. Yep, they all had to run, and, and, and yeah, Jackson exactly. had the buses got in the air. So let's be exactly. real. Is this whole? Is so this, I, didn't, is, I didn't realize Jamal Tinsley. Jamal Tinsley was really a problem. <laughs> so can, can we just blame Jamal Tinsley for this whole thing then? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yo, it killed it killed me with this. Even Jackson like, yo, don't put a don't put a power pack. On Ron Artest's back, <laughs> like he doesn't need that. First of all, and now you're gonna tell me to go foul people? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yo, Jamal Tinsley. It's only because after that, that I realized, like, yo, this is the same. It was Jamal Tinsley that started a whole beef. He just seems like he's a gnat. Like, like this guy, just like a little problem, like a little six-one point guy that, like, always is <laughs> shit. Flexing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's like shit. That, New, that New York bullshit. Like the New York, he's on that New York bullshit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think I think part of it for me, though, too, is I didn't realize, like, the um, all the legal ramifications. I forgot about all that stuff, man. Like, and the fact that they couldn't talk yeah. about that whole thing for 10 years, or at least for however long no, time. No, 10 years. Well, however length of time that it was, right? Like, they couldn't, like, they said they couldn't talk about it for years. Like I didn't, I didn't realize the, like the legal ramifications, and you know, obviously with the fans, like you, like you forgot how much fans was doing stuff, man. Like you know, like you thinking like the main perpetrators obviously was was John Green, the two fans that came on the court, um, uh, Turtles, tur- tur- Turtles cousins from Entourage, <laughs> those guys. Um, who else? Th- those are like the main culprits, but like there was so much other people doing shit that you just didn't even, you know, you didn't even think of, but like. The the one thing that every time I look at that right, like because obviously our test you know runs up runs up on the wrong guy. Can you imagine yeah, Headley? You're watching this thing play out, and Rod Artest jumps off the table, starts running in the stands, and you're like, oh my! Like you're you're like it's almost like a surreal moment that is happening, and all of a sudden you realize he's coming towards you, and you didn't do nothing, <laughs> like. That, yeah, that, that's that's where you, you, it's like you're like a deer in headlights, man. Like, what what's gonna happen right now? Yeah, like you you realize it's like, wait a minute, wait, the line's coming at me. You know, like once you realize that, like I can't imagine you, that look at his face is like utter horror. Like it's, it's almost like no, dude, you got you got like screen. what Rod's what six seven two forty five or you know yeah, he's, he's, like he's, freight train coming at you. Yeah, exactly. But like I said, that that look. That look in his face is like is like a look of sheer horror, man. Every time you see that, I see that guy's face. I'm like, yo, I wonder what the hell that guy was thinking. He's never been interviewed, as far as I know. But I would love to get like, what what was his actual reaction at that point? Like, what the hell was he thinking at that moment in time? Because I don't think he he came in with that guy, right? I don't think he came in with the he wasn't I have no friend. Idea. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think they knew but each what, other. But what's what's funny is that. After all the clippings and you know all the, the all the video cameras and stuff like that, the way that this guy gets ID'd is that the head guy recognizes him for being one of his neighbors that dated some chick. I'm like, how how random is that? I know. Like you, of all ways you get caught, it's not because of facial recognition or you know positive ID or something like that. It's like the head guy detective actually recognize you, like recognize you off the street. Not not because you're a perp or anything like that. But he's yeah. like, yo, <laughs> this guy dated a neighbor of mine or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was at a barbecue with him. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> They're probably in the driveway sharing a Heineken at one point in time. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, but I mean, between between that, like, the fact that, like, you know, what were they saying? Like, there's basically no, no police presence for almost like 10 minutes. 
Because when you when you think yeah. about that situation, like as has happened, no no security, no police officers, that situation could have been way worse. Like honestly, I think if certain fans knew that Headley, it would have it would have it could have got lethal. I think it would have got way worse than that. They're lucky, like it uh, it didn't like go off the rails before the cops got there. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was bad, obviously, but I think I could have gone way worse knowing that there was no police, no security around. You know what I mean? Like and, and the thing is, what I can't what I can't remember was that just how the dynamics were back then, or was there something lacking? Like, was there like did they for some reason were understaffed that day, or whatever the case would be? I can't I can't remember if that was. I mean, because you never really looked at security. Well, I'm just I, I kind of I couldn't remember if there was uh, if there was a reason. Yeah. If there was an actual reason why the security was low that day. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure what the reason was, but I know one of the things that they implemented afterwards was even from that point forward. I think um, they cut off the liquor basically at at a certain point of a game now. Like it's, it's either yeah. right after halftime, where back before like, you can get drinks like right to like the end of the game, right? But I think they cut off the alcohol at like either like halftime or right after halftime now. You know what I mean? So it gives people a chance to sober up before the end of the game. Like that, I remember. Like they they changed the rules for that. So uh, you know, so I think that was like one of the the obviously because you know a lot of alcohol was involved in that, right? Everybody had liquid courage that day. I think that that was part of it too. Um, I think one of the other things I forgot too, just wanted to mention this point is, and, and obviously you were in the states this, at this time, so you probably saw this more than I did even. But like just the media coverage during that time, man, they got destroyed. You remember that, right? Like, like, like the days oh, yeah. afterwards and stuff. I mean, oh, I, yeah. in here it was bad too, but like, I know in the states you had you had ESPN, so it oh, must yeah. have they're, been way worse. They were destroying them, and then that's where you're like, yo, this 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 fire is gonna. Be, I mean, you knew it worked from the beginning, but then it didn't it didn't help with the with the media talking about like, yo, you got to you got to put the hammer hard on these on these thugs and these dudes and mm-hmm. on these. Prima Domins, so you you knew like when you talk about battery packs, you don't need to put a battery pack in Stern's back, but like <laughs> you you do all that stuff, you're like okay. If you thought there was, a, there was any kind of chance that maybe maybe it'll come late after you know the, the next forty eight hours, you're like no, there's no, there's no way. And the thing, no way. and the thing that the two that's like, you know, it, it's a great point that Jermaine O'Neal brings up, right, with regarding the. Um, you know, regarding hockey, like when you compare it to hockey and, you know, it's ingrained in the sport, you know, like instigators and fighters and stuff like that. Right. But it, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember this and you probably you might even remember, you actually probably do remember this because uh, at least seen these highlights because we don't think I think we're, we're both too young to actually be there. to remember it. But you remember what, there's a legendary highlight. I'm sure you can watch it on YouTube or Google it. But it's a legendary clip of, of the Boston Bruins. Remember when they fought, and they ran into the stands and were fighting fans. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I do, I do remember that. Was it was that a playoff game? I can't remember if it was a playoff game or not. That, that I'm not sure. But I mean, obviously something broke out and it spilled into the stands, which is crazy because you have glass. Yeah, which is crazy because you have glass. It's not like how you can just run towards the stands as as a in any other sport. Like you have the plexiglass all around the rink, so they, you know, especially on the bench. So the did that happen before or after the? Because I do remember that now. Now that you bring it up. Did that happen before or after the melee? Oh no, this is way before. This is like in the seventies. This is like in the seventies. Like it's an old clip. It's a crazy clip because I mean there, there was a there was a point where I forgot what the the the, the hockey player, but there was there was a point where one of them was was beating the fan with his own shoe. Like <laughs> yeah 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 okay yeah I think that was the older one yeah yeah so it was like back in the seventies or whatever it was right you know I don't know what talking points that went that day but I mean. Were, were those guys called thugs and all that stuff? Like, you know what I mean? Like, were they called thugs and, you know, and, and, and banished them from the game? I'm, I'm pretty sure that was just, oh, what a crazy night. And he just kept it moving, right? Like, <laughs> none of the words was coded when that was being uh, broadcasted back then, right? So, you know, so when you look at that situation now, it's like you forget, like, just, and we know how, how powerful media is and stuff, right? But. You know, to in a situation like that, especially when you already you don't have a good reputation like an Artest, you know, you have a sketchy reputation like uh like like Steven Jackson. It's like an avalanche. You know what I mean? 
And even somebody yeah, it like Jermaine O'Neal, no, and, it's, it's, and, he, and even somebody like Jermaine O'Neal, who up until that point never did anything, anything. You know what I mean? Like he was pretty exemplary throughout the league. This his character, none of that even mattered. His image didn't matter. He went right, right down the, the hill with that avalanche. Like, sorry, he went right down that avalanche as well. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, I didn't realize how like really it really played a toll on him. He's like he got, he was even get, he was able to get his his, uh, his games like acquitted, like his his uh his penalty. Right. And he's like, yo, and he's like, he's like, I I would still get kids who weren't even born during that time ask me about the melee, and you can tell just by how he's talking, you can tell like. That aggravated the shit out of it. Yeah, you know, like he couldn't, he could not get away from it. Well, think, think about. I mean, Telly, imagine like, and that's the thing when you're a celebrity, right? Whether you're an athlete or entertainer, think about your worst moment that you ever had in your life. And every year, every few months, every city you walk into, some fan or somebody's bringing it up. Like your worst moment could be a breakup, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's your worst moment. Or one of your worst moments ever, and everybody's still reminding you of that every day. So it's like you, you can never put it past you. You know what I mean? Never. You, never. And for him, it's like you could see it. Like you could almost see like the 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 wane on his face. You know what I mean? Just just that pressure of just like I can never live this out. I'm talking about it again now. You know, I, like I'm okay with it, but it's like you could see like there's a there's a ton of baggage that goes along with that moment. You know what I mean? And, and it's yeah. like. You can't I, as we said, we, we said multiple times, like yeah, it, it Jermaine O'Neal's part in all this, where I was, um, I was like, damn, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know it like that. And I mean, and look, like you know, going back to David Stern for a little bit, but you know, I, I'm, I wasn't a fan of Stern, really and truly, especially in his later years, because I thought he, he was like, he started becoming less of a commissioner and more of a dictator. I felt a lot of times, even though mm-hmm. he was, he, you know, he. He was great for the league in terms of business and stuff, you know. And, and you hear the stories even after he's passed, which is interesting, because you know, I, you know, when somebody passes, you know, everybody pays their respects, and usually from that point on, you know, you nah, hear they, they, they more stories. Stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You hear, you hear the the amount of stories I've heard in the last like year and a half and stuff like from him. Like, it's it's not good stories. There's some people who are, are openly like. I remember, I, I forgot which podcast I was listening to, but there was one guy that came on. He was like, yo, I know he's passed away. I, I know, you know, like he's gone now, but whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just like, damn, you know, <laughs> like, damn, <laughs> like, you know, like they're like, yo, he was, he was a great commissioner, but he was an asshole. He was a complete yeah. asshole. He's as great as he was. Like he was, he had no problem with trying to run you down. You know what I mean? Like if he had to, especially if it was. To save the league, you know what I mean. So yeah, I remember the interview when he was on Roman's Vernon, and and he was and he basically he was asking him a question. Oh, I remember this. I think like, I, remember I can't this. remember what question it was. Oh, about tanking, and he's like, "That's a stupid question. That's like me asking, like, do you beat your wife? Because you've been accused of beating your wife." And I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Damn." Okay. I was like, yo, he, he really came in and brought a, a, a gun to a knife fight, man. Yeah, like he, he I took, was like, what the hell? He, there was a point towards the end of his career, he, he definitely took the polish off. You yeah, know what I mean? he, he took the polish <laughs> off, man. He was just like, yeah, yo. yeah, he just cut through. Yeah, there, there was something about him I just I just didn't like. But at the end of the day, it's like, look, you know, he, he ruled like a dictator, but I, he, he was semi right. Like he was right in the fact that. Obviously, the players got suspended. They needed to be suspended for that. But, you know, looking back, it's like the way he left them out to dry. And they're the ones that took the brunt of the responsibility. You know what I mean? It's it's like that's the way it was kind of catered. And it was like none of those players, well, those three players in particular, never really recovered from it. You know what I mean? Like Ben Wallace was the only one that kind of got away with it. But, you know, but again, he wasn't fighting fans, right? He just pushed our tests. Yo, and did you remember that he he was he, he was throwing his armbands and all that stuff? No, I don't even I don't even remember that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't remember that. But like it's it, you know just some details like intricacy details you don't remember all that sometimes. But I was like yo, I was like hmm, interested. He he's the one that started like throwing stuff mm-hmm. at Ron Artest in his direction. You know what I mean? And the fans get hyped. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, mind and they you, reciprocate. Mind you. I guess I'm only thinking about this now, but how perfect was that throw? <laughs> Yo, it was an underhand throw, 
and hit him right in the chip. <laughs> That's like like a professional. You ever watch like cornhole? Like those cornhole tournaments where you throw it from the distance, <laughs> the block. Like that shit was perfect. And, and, the, and, the, and the way that he flicked it, like he flicked it underarm, like all wrist crou- crouching down. <laughs> like yeah, he couldn't have got it on the nose any better. Any better. It's one of those things that if you plan on doing that 10 times in a row, you probably can never get it again. No, for sure. All those times, like how much times does that happen where the you know, bottle gets thrown at, you know, on the court, you know, and usually never hits anybody. That hit, like as you said, like it caught him right in his chin. Yeah, exactly. Like right he on his chest, chin. Like, you know, it was, like, it was perfect. It's funny because it leads me to this too, you know, regarding like, you know, it, you, you know, we have like white privilege, we got fan privilege, right? Because we're we're guys that played sports, watch sports. We know professional athletes. You know, at least some of them was playing and stuff. When you see fans, like fans, have such a, a a healthy sense of entitlement, man. Like, yeah, like fans really do feel like, and, and not like us, obviously, but fans really do feel like you can say and do anything, man, whatever, and whatever get away with it, yeah. right? Like, I, I mean, in, in case in point, like you saw the examples this year in the NBA playoffs where. Like Shrey Young got spat on, you know. Yeah. Um, Kyrie Irving got like bottles thrown at him, and you know, Westbrook, you know, not what actually no, not Westbrook, but like just actually no, what did happen to Westbrook when he got the the popcorn tossed on his head? Yeah, when he was leaving, when he was trying to leave the arena. But it's like, like fans really do have this sense of entitlement, man. Like, listen, man, like, <laughs> what, what was the the league that you was running back in the day, the fantasy league? What was it again? Um. Oh, virtual NBA, virtual NBA, NBA VGM, yeah, 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 VGM. So he used to have this fantasy league. So um, it was almost like the daily fantasy, like DraftKings. It was almost like that, yeah, right? Exactly. It was basically yeah, actually, like the early exactly form of like that. that. Yeah, it was a basically early form of that. And I still remember this to this day because I lost this matchup because we because it was half half your homies from Toronto, Montreal, and half your boys from Chicago. That was that you yeah, were exactly. with. But I remember losing this matchup one time because, and I lost it by like a few points. Reason being because I had Lamar Odom, and Lamar Odom got me negative five points. I still remember this. I I never had a a player give me negative five points in any any fantasy thing before or since. Man got me negative five points, and I lost. Right, and then about three days later, the Clippers come to town. We're at Studio Sixty Nine. I'm drinking a Heineken, and this guy walks right past me, diddy bopping through the crowd. Man, Headley, I, I, I think I gave you this story before, but I was like, yo, it took everything in me not to smash this bottle over his head, right? Because I was so mad that this guy cost me this loss. But at the same time, I'm like, of course I didn't do it because I'm like, that would be obviously stupid to start, you know, like a, a melee for fucking VGM. Like, that's, that's ridiculous, right? But those fans that can, like, see that moment and be like, yo, fuck you, Lo- Odom, you know what I mean? Or, or go out of control and or douse him a beer, or, you know what I mean? Or, or something like that, even in that moment, to me, is like, like, how do you cross that line? I mean, and, and it happens all the time, right? Whether it's on or off the playing field. Well, it's jokes. I mean, you, you, you know my relationship with Kwame Brown. Every time <laughs> I used to go, I, every time I used to watch a game, and, you know, let me preface and say this. Kwame, don't come after me. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we, we love mama's cooking. We love yeah, mama's we, cooking. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we love all that. But during that time when he played when he played with Washington, oh, my gosh. There would be times, I swear to you not, Calvin, I'll be watching the game, and I don't know how you do it. He he would beat me to, to, to get to Club Dream. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> I swear to God, like, did this guy even shower? Like, you, you just, you just had, you just had a game and went over five. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> had no impact, and I, I would see this guy like double fisted in the club walking by me. And there'll, there'll be, there'll be times my hand be shaking to, to dash something, but obviously I'm, I'm not crazy. Right. <laughs> See, <laughs> like, he's seven foot. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's probably a hundred pounds over me. I was like, ah. Yeah, I'm gonna keep my frustrations about you to myself. <laughs> but no, there would be too many times I would see this guy and be like, "Man, yeah, I, I swear, I swear you didn't, you didn't even break a sweat today." And, and I still remember going to Argonauts game, right? And this is um, I got a chance to go to Argonauts game back when she's. This is when um, the Rocket was here, 
right? Rocket Ishmael. Yeah, Rocket Ishmael. And, and I remember he dropped a pass, and he had a good game. Like this, this is the year that they won, right? And they were there was kill. I don't even remember who they were playing, but they was killing this team. And he dropped this pass, and this fan, this guy was so drunk. This guy got up, stood on his seat, and just like he couldn't hear him, but the guy cursed him out like. To no end. I'm like 11, 12 years old. I'm like, yo, what the 11, heck? 12 years old? No, I know. I'm like 11, 12 years old oh, at this point. Okay, okay. I'm like, my. I think my aunt at the time was trying to cover my ears because it was like, this guy was going <laughs> crazy, right? <laughs> this guy was going crazy, but I'm like, you know. Yeah, the hot mic, the hot mic caught all that, eh? Oh, my. No, no. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, even going way back into those days, it's like, we really treat players like they're not human. Yeah, no. You're right. Like we treat them like 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 gladiators, right? Like right. they're for our entertainment and our entertainment only. Right. They got no feelings. They got you know what I mean. Yeah, like they they don't they don't have the same. I mean, yeah, the, the the situations may be different, but they have you know bad relationships. They have you know somebody might have ripped them off, and they're not heading to a game. They're not in a good mood. You know what I mean? Like they might have gone into an argument with their girl. That's not gonna affect their work. Just the same way it would affect your job if you you know you got an all that argument yeah. with your wife and now you're going into work, you're not gonna be what, like. What hey. makes it worse is that social media doesn't make it any easier neither now. Don't. Now 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 they'll rip you at, at the game. Then you go home and they rip you for another ten hours adding you <laughs> every waking second that they can. And God forbid you do something stupid. God forbid there's like a blooper. You 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 know you threw an air ball at the worst time or or what have you. I mean. I mean, you're saying the end of the game. Sometimes you you can't even check your phone at halftime. God forbid you have a bad first half, <laughs> right? So like this is like a perfect example of these guys are human, but you know they just happen to be elite in athletics. Dude, but, imagine if there's social media around when that happened. Oh my god, it would have broke. It would have broke. It would have broke Twitter and Instagram. Oh man, it would have. You, you think the Jordan meme would have got around? Jeez. Oh my god. There's so many iconic things could have that would have been going on with that with that night. Yeah, like I said, man. When you see again somebody like a John Green, and this man, you know, decides to throw like again to throw that beer at at, at yeah. our test, and then watching horror when he when he runs into the stands, and 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 even as this guy is fighting the wrong person, you would think like, whew. He didn't get me, and he would just try to hightail it out of there. Nope, he was. This, he was this, this, this guy's like, yo, <laughs> this is a free for all, all in for me. This guy's still throwing shots. Like to me, he, yo, he still sounds like he's a little bit. He's, he's a little bit out of it. Because even, even with the, even, I think they're old clips, but still, you can tell. Like it's almost like oh, he, he wasn't uh, right. He, he yeah, he relished this whole thing, you know. But but to me, that's like the height of fan privilege. You know what I mean? Like you throw the beard, the guy actually does something unprecedented, runs into the stands, and while this guy's beating up the wrong fan, you're like, "Yo, I'm a, I'm gonna sneak in some shots at this guy." Like that that to me is like ultimate, you know, fan privilege. Well, that and and of course, Turtles cousins coming on the court and trying to fight our test. Like that's the other part too. Like the part in that documentary that made me laugh is was it Carlos? Yo, that guy's an asshole. I can't I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name, but I think it was Carlos, but one of the fans, the main fan they were interviewing, the one of the fans came on the court. Why did I think it was Charlie? Or maybe it was Charlie. I, I can't remember his name, but he was an asshole. Even watching him in that documentary now, you're like, yo, this guy's a jerk. Yeah, we talk about old Robert Tess second punched him and all this stuff. Yeah, that, that, that was a bitch move. Not Robert Tess, sorry. Jermaine O'Neal. Oh, Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah, I'm like, please. Do, do you really think that if he squared, if he squared up with him, like that would have made a difference anyway. <laughs> I would try to make it sound like ah, uh, he, he got he got a lucky one on me type thing. I love I love what uh, Reggie Miller said though. Reggie Miller's like, yo, thank God Jermaine O'Neal slipped <laughs> because he's like, if this guy didn't slip, he would have been dead. And, and you know what? And I kind of believe him because when you're watching the footage and, and they're kind of carrying him out of there, I'm like, yeah, this, you yeah. Know, but you realize afterwards, he, he was he was like. He's thinking it. about his back, exactly. <laughs> He's thinking about the back. The fact that I think the nurse was saying, or the head of security was saying, how they were, they were in there trying to figure out how much, how many how many zeros they're gonna they're gonna yeah. get with all this. Well, I'm sure a lot of I'm sure, I'm sure that's why some of them are running the court, running on the court, hoping they can they can catch a bag. 
<laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> the way let, let, me get, let me get in a course I can get punched at. Right? Like, yo, how did how did you get this hundred grand? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I rushed our test and I got and I blacked out. I woke up in the hospital the next day. That's how I got this escalade. You know, like <laughs> you know. But you know, as we were saying before, like I, I've never wanted to put my hands on a guy. Like I don't care how mad we were at 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 at, at any fan, whether it was Kwame Brown, you know, for for some Raptors fans earlier in the day, Vince Carter. Nobody wanted to fight these guys. Like it doesn't matter no. if he went three for fifteen. Like it's dumb. Like I, I get that you would be tempted. You know what I mean? But but yeah, to- yeah but no, but no way, no way, shape or form, did my mind ever get close to about actually doing something? Like come on. Um, here, here's a question I want to ask you. This is this not even up for really for a discussion of, of back and forth of mine. I just want to ask you this simply. Um, ben Wallace, was that two-handed shove the greatest face shove in the history of two-handed face shoves? Well, I mean, I said it then, and I and I said it again when I watched it. I was like, "Yo, that that was like that that felt so heavy-handed after a tough foul, e- even though it was a tough flower foul. It was a flavor, but like, yeah, how the way that he came back at him, right in his neck, like, geez, yeah, and, ben, and obviously Ben Wallace is no slouch himself, right? No, you, you, you like leave that man alone, leave leave that man alone, and and all and all, even now, leave him alone. <laughs> that, that ain't the guy you play with, and I mean, he had that reputation in in the league during that time too, where it's like he just that wasn't a person he played with. You know what I mean? So, like, and then, then, then you, know, you forgot like how many times this guy he he dead ass tried to, to rush Ron Test multiple times. Oh yeah, before before Ron Test went on went on the score table. You know, it's you know what I mean? It's funny, and they didn't bring this up in the documentary, but I know I don't know if you remember like when um. Obviously, when they were in the stands and and um, the fans, like some of these fans, were throwing blows. There was a I don't know if you remember seeing there was a big, huge black guy that was throwing blows at one of the players. I don't know if you. I can't remember that. But that do, that on the- yeah, they didn't show it in the documentary, but I do remember this because th- that guy in particular was um was uh, was Ben Wallace's brother. Oh, it was huh? Yeah. So they, they they said he they said once once those guys came in the stands, he was just. Especially because after what happened with their other brother passing away, and then that fall happened, and now these guys are in the stands. Like he he took his moment. You know what I mean? He took his moment. I think he got banned from the arena too. Obviously, right? That that part always gets under like like underreported. Like that. I think I I gotta check again. But I'm I'm the brother was definitely throwing blows. I like I think it was his older brother too. But he was definitely throwing blows. I can't. I think it was Fred Jones. If you look back on it, like Fred Jones had, like he didn't connect, thank God, because that was like he's a big boy. Like if we look, we look back at if check it again and see, but he was he was a big boy. Yeah, I got I got to look at it because I, I missed it, I guess. Yeah, like he's a big boy. Like he was throwing them blows like nobody's business. And then it's funny watching this thing too. I'm like, did did Tim Donahue really have to be involved in this game? Like I know he didn't do anything crooked, but I'm like, did he really have to be the one? Reffing this game too after all the history that he's had with the league. It's funny. I, I was I was surprised that they interviewed him. He oh. looked, yeah, he was part of the game. But I'm surprised that they interviewed him. No, for sure. For sure. What about Ron's reaction? Like, what what were your thoughts on him requesting for a trade? Like requesting a trade. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because at the time. You, they all kind of needed like a clean slate, right? Mm-hmm. But just hearing a backstory now, where the amount of money they lost and rep taking a, a step back, and then you know he gets out of this mess. I wouldn't say unscathed, but I mean he was he, he landed in a good in a good situation, you know. Right at the end of this. Um, Still, at the end of the game, like the guy lost seventy two thousand, like seventy two games, which is practically a whole season. That's deep. And and I think it's something that, like, listening to to you know his side of the story, you yeah, obviously you're right. Like he, everybody wanted a clean slate, but you can understand like at that point, you know, like the fact that like how that would scar him. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like especially for somebody who was not like mentally stable at that point too, right? As he admits and. You know, and and he's kind of known for that. But like at that point, it was you know, it's funny because back then, like you know, thinking back on it, back then you for sure you were like it kind of confirms that like our test is just crazy. After all that, it's like yo, dude, how can you leave? You know what I mean? Like 
those guys sacrificed. Like even at the time, like you didn't really need the documentary to tell you that, but like those guys sacrificed like their reputations for you. You know what I mean? So I'm like, even if you wanted to leave, like, dude, wait a wait a year. At least just to all those guys, like everything they put on the line for you to be like, all right, let me let me at least, you know, come back this season. Let's see if we can get, you know, recapture the glory and get it back, even though, you know, um Reggie Miller retired and everything else. But as you said, like to, I mean, to this day, Jermaine O'Neal is still feeling a certain way, like about that. You know what I mean? The fact that after all that, you're just like the moment you come back, you're requesting a trade. We did all that for nothing. Like legit, right when he came back too. Yeah, like literally, right when he came back, it's like, yo. So after all that, like, dude, now you're you're quitting on us. Yeah, man, that's the thing. They had right to be heated. You understand what mental health looks like, man. And you know, as, as I was saying before, like as you get older, it kind of changes your view on everything. Like, you know, I don't know if you. It's funny because I don't know if you ever seen that Ron Artest documentary. He had he had one about a few years ago. Um, I think it was on HBO as well, but like if you ever get a chance or Showtime, if you ever get a chance, watch that. That one was really good. But you know, as you get older, you you realize, man, there's so much of these issues and things that you have to unpack, man. Like it, it all stems from like your your youth. You know what I mean? Like just your 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 foundation yeah. of like once you don't have a, a a strong foundation or a platform for like in those formative years, like those that you know, like those youthful stages. Man, that like it, it it could take you years to unpack that if you ever even do. Some people carry that baggage with them for the rest of their life. And 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 what's funny is that, you know, I mean, I don't know how true this is. Where he talked about the reason why he he was laying on the um, on the scores table mm-hmm. because you know a psychiatrist when he lies down it makes him you know count count to five or count to whatever. And, you know, to kind of calm yourself down. Right. So, I mean, if you take his word for it, you know, he's basically, you know, trying, you know, a coping mechanism. And then (laughs) in in the same second where he's trying to calm himself down, it's like that hit of the the bottle just completely snapped him. Yeah. Like from whatever Zen mode he was in, it just completely snapped him right out of it. To go to to go not you know not just snap out of it but go right to the other extreme and and it's funny because you, know? you don't you don't even remember like you know as time goes along you forget so much of these things but like the fact how we started off the season because I I totally forgot about that where he was he was trying to like do an album and I think he I think he had a record label and he was trying to put out a, an R and B group and like he wanted time off and stuff to like to go promote, yeah. to promote his record label and it's like yo what are you talking about dude the season has started you know like you, you forget yeah. all that stuff happened and how Jermaine was already kind of like icing him out yeah for that nonsense to start with right yeah basically. So like, but it's so funny because this whole time you know you, 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 you know as I said like that slide of punch I always remember and it's like the whole time it's like yo this guy fought Side by side, fought hard with this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doing everything that he did. Like this guy, you know, this guy wanted to go back into the stats after getting all that stuff thrown at him. Yeah. And then, and then, and then to realize, like in the locker room, he almost went to blows with Ron Artest. Like it shows, like yeah, you know, you ride for your, your team. Like yeah. uh, what's the name? Steven Jackson was saying, like you know, you fight for your brother type thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it just shows, like, you know, he's all about team. But as an individual, he's like, I'm not fucking with this guy. Like, I'm I'm straight not fucking with him. They got they got nothing in common, like nothing in where they they, they even want to be around each other. But like, still gonna go shoulder to shoulder with you. You know what I mean? In war, right? Exactly. Still gonna go with you, and that's, I mean, that's 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 what you want, right? But like I said, with our with our tests, you know, it's. It's interesting though because, like I said, if you like I was saying before, like if you've uh, I don't know if you ever seen this documentary that he had last year or not last year, but a few years ago. But when you watch like how he grew up in Queensbridge and you know what I mean, and, and you know how, you know I mean I don't have to tell you how the hood is in, in New York City, but like yeah, exactly. But like his his upbringing between that and then growing up in Queensbridge, like by the time he gets to the league, you know, he's like yeah, like he's all don't forget, he, he went to he went to St. John, so he stayed. Yeah, that's right. He, he didn't stayed even leave home, home too. Yeah, he didn't even leave home. Exactly. 
he didn't even leave home, which which I think it's probably for his situation. It probably would have been great for him to like just get away to leave exactly yeah. for sure. But he but he never did that. Like it's it's funny because like when you look back, like his environment, like that situation made him to be who he is. But it also left so much baggage with him that like you know it, it carried it to the point where like it it actually blew up a franchise. Like it, it completely it blew up a franchise and to the to the degree completely. yeah to the degree where. What I thought what was interesting is, you know, when he wins the championship, I don't know if you, you caught that part where he wins the championship and they ask him, how do you feel? Yeah, and yeah he's exactly. Like, like he's just riddled with guilt. He feels like a coward. Yeah, he's riddled with guilt to the point where, like, um, Steve Smith was just basically like, yeah, but well, tell us about the game. Just like you can see yeah. that he caught the moment. <laughs> he's like, yo, I, I don't like where this is going. This, uh, obviously, this is not going to be made for TV. Yeah. Yeah, you can see even even in that moment, like he's thinking about, yo, I should have had this one already, or you know, what I mean, I really screwed up over there, and you know, and, and it's interesting to see, like as you know, as big and tough as he is, he's he still carried so much guilt and almost a little bit of fear from Jermaine O'Neal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like that, that to me is crazy. Like, yeah, it just it just you know those situations, man. When you when your foundation isn't strong, like. And in or or like you lacked certain life skills, like it can it can send you sideways. It doesn't matter, you know who you are, and especially if you're on in, in a high profile position or career. You know what I mean? Whether you're an entertainer, whatever it is, where you're like you're famous or or the spotlight is on you, man, that yeah. that that shit could really send you sideways if your head's not right. You know, as you know, right? And and I mean, this is like the perfect example of it. And it's safe to say, like, really and truly, like, I, like you feel sorry for Jermaine O'Neal because you, you think about him where it's like, yo, this guy sat the bench in Portland for four years. Most rookies, when they get into the league, or even if they come out of high school, they're playing by, like, year two. You know what I mean? At least getting some time. This guy was getting no minutes for four years. Finally, yeah. finally leaves the Pacers, gets some shine, builds himself into, like, a rotation player, builds himself to a good player, builds himself to an all-star, builds himself to, like, one of the best players in the league. And then that moment blows up in your face. You get hurt, and then that's it. You're just bouncing around from you know team to team and Hall of Fame, all that stuff. Where we're like, like for somebody like him, like basically the Hall of Fame was within his grasp, wouldn't you say? Like that, like to me, like um, he, yeah, he was pretty but, much but, there. And, like, and, you, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like if he if he would have got a championship ring and possibly like a Finals MVP, he'd be looked at in a whole different light. Yeah. Hold it for like, I mean, could have, should have, would, you know, it's all ifs, but I mean, they weren't far. All right. So let me wrap up with this though. Like what, I, I guess this, this is like the million dollar question. Um, all these years later, if you're on our test, if you specifically are on our test, do you do it again? Because I say yes. Do what again? When, when that beer hits your chest. You think, you th- you really think after all this. He would do that again? I say no. I don't think so. But if it was you, like if that was you, would you? Would you? Well, first of all, first of all, it, are we talking about me, me, me knowing, knowing like what the outcome would be when I do it again, mm-hmm. or just would I do it a first time if, if I was in Ron Artest's shoes? If you're in Ron Artest's shoes, I I don't know if I'm running into the stance. Like for real, come on! Like running into it, it, it's not like this guy was floor level. I mean, this guy was a good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what seven, seven, eight rolls deep. Yeah, he cleared and he cleared like, those rolls pretty quick. Oh yeah, I I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm going into stands. That's just me. I, I say yes because I'm just imagining somebody even right now tossing a drink in my face that wasn't water. Like one thing is if it's in the summertime and somebody tosses a drink a drink of wa- a glass of water in your face as a joke or something like that, but like if somebody just tossed juice in my face right now, I I can't imagine the level of rage that that would put me in. You know what I mean? Like I just I like it's go time. It's go time. Like to me, like I like I understand all the ramifications of everything else, and it, it might sound funny to say, but. I, I I never blamed him for running in the stands. Like yes, the the everything that happened after the consequences that happened after that was was like legendarily crazy. And and yeah, like that alone would make you stop and make would make pretty much everybody stop going forward. But I'm just saying in that moment, like just 
Think about right now, Headley. You're walking the street and somebody tosses a beer in your face. Aren't you? Aren't you? Yeah. Aren't you? Aren't you, aren't you becoming a UFC fighter on site? Yeah, but, but it, that's a different scenario where you're on the street and somebody does that to you, as opposed right. to you're wearing a uniform representing a franchise, right? And somebody does that to you from eight rows or ten rows deep. So it's not like they're in your grasp. I, I mean, I, I like to I would like to say that I wouldn't do anything, but you know, yeah, I don't know because I, I I'm like. Even if maybe I don't know if I go like see that's the thing right like I like I I said it you know back then and I'll say it again like I don't blame him or or will I ever blame him for running in the stands like it's a, to me could be just because it's a natural human reaction I think the, exactly I think the problem is if you're gonna do that you got to make sure you have the right guy right like <laughs> <laughs> you can't run up on the wrong guy like and that that to me is the problem. Like, it's funny, like, there's something Kenny Smith said years ago regarding this that it always stuck with me, that it always makes me laugh when I think of it. But he he's when he refers to, like, Steven Jackson and, like, Ron Artest in those situations, he's like, yo, some players are soldiers. He's like, Steven Jackson is a soldier. Ron Artest is a soldier. Those guys are soldiers. But then, but then you have some soldiers that are praying for war, you know? And <laughs> to, to me, he's like, like, those aren't the guys, like, you, you want sh- soldiers, but... You you can't have number one. You don't you don't, you don't want those some, some loose rules either. Right, right. Like you definitely don't want more than one of those guys on your team. You know, at least when you have two or three of those guys, nobody, especially on, like it's not football. Like where it's like there's so much players on a roster, it's so hard to like, you know, like control that because they could affect the locker room. I mean that's the, that's a whole other thing though. But like. I mean, Steven Jackson was not trying to, you know, in any way situation, this guy was not trying to stop anything. He definitely wasn't trying no, to stop hell, no. hell no. Hell no. No, 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 no. As he said, he, he, he went in there to fight. Yeah, 100%. So it's like that, that, that statement that Kenny Smith always made, I always thought it was hilarious, but it was so true. It's such a true statement. Like, some guys are praying for war. And I feel like Steven Jackson was praying for war in that situation. You know, but 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 at the same time, you understood because again, it's it's a human reaction. Like if if that happened in, in one of our high school games, that happened, like you would understand like why somebody would would go do that. I'm not saying it's right, you know what I mean? But like you definitely understand like that because I mean, other than getting spat in your face, that's like one of the ultimate levels of disrespect that a human being can take, right? Yeah, you snap. Yeah, I think anybody would be in that situation. Like, would, it would go off, or at least you run up a few rows in the stands until somebody grabs you. But maybe you don't attack the person, but you, you know, like you run up on them. Like, at least you know what I mean to like scare the shit out of them or something. But like, I don't think you just you're just taking that like, hey, security, go get them. You know what I mean? Like, they're gonna have to hold you back. Straight beeline, like straight beeline right to him. The documentary was good, but like I said, I, I, th- I thought it could have been a little bit longer. But at the end of the day, it's I, I understand Artest's point, man. Like I, I like in terms of that aspect, I, I understand it. Like I, I, I totally get him. I got it then, you know. I, I get it then, and I, and I, and I get it now. Where it's like, what do you do? What do you, what do you do in that situation? That's that's a hard, even for Ron Artest, even with the reputation, that is a hard position to put anybody in. Thank you for checking out the AV podcast and shout out to Headley for hopping on this untold Malice at the Palace version of the AV. Uh, so the next episode of my story featuring Jalen Celestine will be out on September the 14th. Um, I can't wait for you to hear it. Honestly, I, I really can't. Um, please check that out once again on September the 14th. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, my next episode of the AV is not confirmed yet, but it'll either be on September 17th or the week after. But once I know, you'll know. Uh, there will be no episode next week. I'm in the mode of refreshing my mind right now. I've gone through a lot this summer. I mean, let's face it, we've all gone through a lot and we're going through a lot right now. Uh, so we see eye to eye on that here. But I'm going to recharge this a little bit. I'm just continuing to recharge a little bit. It's much needed. And sometimes, you know, it's a good thing. Um, I want to be back pumping out episodes like clockwork. I, I, you know, as always. So I appreciate your support. Um, check out my catalog for past episodes on my website. 
uh, SouthshoreAve.com. Once again, that's SouthshoreAve.com. I'm going to say it one more time for emphasis at SouthshoreAve.com. And hit the like and favorite buttons on your pod apps. Hit all of the stars once again. And we'll be back on the 14th. All right. Uh, so for Headley, this is Cal C. And you just tuned into the Av Podcast on South Shore Ave Radio. All right. Until the 14th. Peace. We out. Have a great long weekend. Peace.